Just take a look around. Darkness rules the Earth. In a dangerous world... Governments crumble. Chaos reigns. In a treacherous time... There is opportunity in chaos. Evil is a fact. We shall succeed where they have failed. Drax is on a quest for a supernatural power. They know far too much. And courage... Stop them. They're the only one who can. ...is a phantom. Somebody I already killed. There are some who say he is only a myth. Soon they will discover the Phantom is real. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Naming Network, and to find out more from us, check out the website at themainnaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Naming. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hi, everyone. Hello. The, uh best part about um being a new york city cabbie is when you allow people to take a ride and then walk away after handing you gems right sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> happens all the time happens uncut all the time gems i got it the uh my uh my favorite part of that section was is no cabbie ever in any city would let him walk away from that cab just handing him gems. It was 1939, uh, man. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. It was, was pre-World War II. Yeah. yeah people yeah, were more went, no, no, no. We're, we're going to the, the jeweler before you leave this cab. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think, it, like Anthony said, different time, more trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, it was the know? Depression, right? Mm. Yeah. A little after. Yeah. That, sweet, that sweet time between the Depression and World War II. When things were bumping. <laughs> the roaring 30s. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, this week we, uh, if you if you didn't realize, we we put a poll up on our Twitter uh, last week, and you voted between what were the movies? It was The Phantom, Over the Top, and Dan. What was yours? Uh, it was Death Wish remake. Death Wish remake reared its ugly head again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we wound up watching The Phantom from 1996. Uh, gentlemen, what are where are you coming from with the Phantom? Uh, I've seen this movie a few times. I read one of the old comic strips. My grandfather had one from back in the day. I think he debuted in like I want to say 1936. I think so. He's been a re- the Phantom is you know he's as old as comic book heroes that we watch today, man. Older than some of them, mm-hmm. but uh can't say i'm a fan of this movie but i was when i was a kid okay yeah so i didn't realize until the very end of the movie that i think i've seen this movie or at least the end of the movie a bunch of times because i remembered the uh the submarine that they leave on part that so um yeah so before that i had you know i was coming at it from someone that uh never had seen any part of this movie i thought 
Um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I think I had said to you guys in the, uh, in the chat that I would have watched the sequel that got canceled, mm-hmm. you know, just to give it a shot. Um, there was nothing really, you know, too awful about it. Um, but it wasn't anything great. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't like put it as one of my first recommendations of even a superhero movie of that time period. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was not, it's not really inoffensive. It was very inoffensive and, um, I didn't get bored watching it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I I've never seen this movie before. Um, don't really? really know much about it. Um, the only the only reference I have to the Phantom was like back in like middle school. For some reason, the school had just a whole bunch of book covers, like paper book covers that just had Phantom advertisements on them. Do you think that is sort of how you know when they're the Super Bowl loser has their T-shirt sent to like third world countries? Do you think they did that with the book covers for the Phantom? Probably. We, like, we have to, like an excess amount of uh, <laughs> memorabilia here. Yeah, just give it to like kids. I think I think that's like the level of of faith that Paramount had in this movie. It's like you know Space Jam or whatever has you know toys at at McDonald's. And then meanwhile, <laughs> the fa- Phantoms uh, Phantom gets book covers, right. free book covers. <laughs> that just go to public schools. Um, uh, this movie, this this movie had to have bombed, right? Oh, yeah. it terrible yeah. bomb. Yeah. But I will say, I didn't uh, like. I enjoyed this movie. There, there's something refreshing about a comic book or a comic strip movie, a superhero movie that is just it knows what it is and it doesn't try to be anything other than a Indiana Jones ripoff, like something that tells a, a self-contained story in less than two hours. There's something, there's something wholesome about how, how simple it, how much of a simpler time it was for, for these, these popcorn films like this, like this and the Rocketeer is very similar. Um, yeah. There's like, I think I said on Twitter, it's like there's an alternate universe where, comic book movies never progressed past this and we were all a lot happier and we're watching a whole bunch of new schumacher batmans yeah right yeah he uh he definitely flourishes in that time period uh yeah i I think it's kind of important to see this is this is kind of like the it's the progression of the comic book movie right where you started with uh the the was it richard donner superman yeah pretty much and then it, it had a it had the Tim Burton Batman and like oh you know think, super movies could be taken seriously. I think you skipped over one very important movie between those two, yeah, Batman sixty six. Well, listen, <laughs> that's not really a movie. It, it, I mean, it came out in theaters, but I'm not counting that. I'm, I'm, to me, superhero movies began with the very first Superman. That's where mm-hmm. I always started. Because that's like that was a big budget film, and then that really set the bar for the other superhero movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. See, that's one of my favorite parts of trivia with this movie um, is that there was a point where they were trying to get this made in in the early 70s, I believe, and they were going to cast Adam West as the Phantom. Uh (laughs) Well, well, he's definitely he has that, uh, yeah, it. He has that kind of acting chops for this type of movie. It yeah. probably would have suited him better. It just yeah. it just screamed to me the, uh, the casting directors of that time period. Uh, we have this superhero property. We could get 
And Adam West guy did that Batman thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sadly, Adam West probably would have done it for like next to nothing. Because I think at that time period, he wasn't really doing so hot. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think the, yeah, I think the only thing that stopped it was the there was like a rights argument at some point. Okay, you know, yeah. I I feel like I, I was telling you guys this before. I, I like Billy Zane. Uh, I think he he is a decent actor. I feel like he missed his calling. He would have been he would have been a great leading man in like, like the the fifties. Sure. Yeah. And then he just in the nineties it wasn't he, he was more of the the sidekick or the the villain he was a, gr- a good villain in titanic obviously cal did just... nothing wrong <laughs> well some, uh, he some would say he's not father the yeah so. and he saved her life sure but he didn't want to save her life he wanted to save his life yeah, well you know what the ends justify the means yeah, well. he saved his life but you know what he saved a little girl's life that never would have gotten off that that sinking ship more than i could say about leo if if I'm being honest, I 100% would have done what he did. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm definitely a self uh, preva- I can't say it. I know exactly what I want to say. Preservationist. Preservationist. Thank Fortune you. Fortune favors the bold, man. Uh, what is it? Uh, winners make their own luck, or yep. real men make their a own real man luck? makes their own luck. Billy yeah. Zane, Titanic. <laughs> I when I first met you, I think that was like one of the first quotes you ever said. <laughs> Real men make their own luck. They're like, what, what is that? <laughs> but it stuck with me, Ant. There you and go. Now, now I live by those words. The Zane. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you all about my uh, sitcom. I want to star Billy Zane. Uh, but anyway, The Phantom is directed by Simon Winster, who is an Australian director known for a ton of direct-to-TV um, westerns starring Tom Selleck. But more specifically, his uh, his biggest claim to fame is he directed Free Willy, Operation Dumbo Drop, and Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Uh, he so. didn't direct Concrete Cowboys, did he? He did not. Aww. Um He did do, direct Quigley Down Under as well, as well as Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> A lot of TV <laughs> as well. Um, this stars Billy Zane, Christy Swanson. Our second film starring Christy Swanson, uh, Treat Williams, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and James Remar. Has an IMDb score of 4.9, Rotten Tomatoes score of 42%, and 31% uh, audience score. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars out of a possible four. The budget Which is surprising. Of, yeah. He, see, he seems to like these kinds of movies. He's, he's got a little soft spot for uh, for hokey hokey stuff but then he gives jurassic park like a one out of five it's ridiculous mm-hmm. i don't think he really did that i'm just saying yeah I, I wanted to draw a huge parallel there yeah that's why he's burning hell right now mm, maybe <laughs> <laughs> mm. i don't know about that like, guys i didn't like that at all <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was I, I i did that like kombucha girl mm, mm, okay no <laughs> Uh, this was a budget of $45 million estimated, and it's a box office of $17 million. Big bomb. Big bomb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I enjoy, I had fun with this movie. Um, it's so campy, uh, but it's not trying to pretend to not be campy. Yeah. 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 It definitely doesn't take itself super seriously. Yeah. And I missed that. I missed that so much. Well, we have. 
now we have a cult of people uh, trying to get this this Zack Snyder cut released, and then we have Marvel fanboys and Star Wars fanboys that hate their own movies, and yep. it's just make no mistake, Ant. If that if the Phantom came out in the Twitter sphere, it would get torn to shreds, dude. Sure, that's Absolutely. probably true. I mean, for fuck's sakes, Twitter turned on the Sonic movie. Who 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 thought who thought anyone gave shit about the Sonic movie? The the uh, the cult of the Sonic man. Yeah. You can't. There's like an Illuminati of them or something. Yeah, I, don't I just know. didn't think that they got they moved away from like Rule Thirty Four message boards. <laughs> With uh, tails. Yep. Yeah. Well, all uh, up in that tail. A lot of it, I think, has to de- uh, do with people's child. Everyone holds on to their childhoods, and it's really, like, I guess for lack of a better word, toxic because it's ruining things for everyone else. It's not. It's no longer your childhood. It's time right. for other people who are actually children to have this, and this will be their iteration mm. of that character. Sure. Yeah, I think you know the the Phantom fanboys are gonna just ignore this this cry, this plea for sanity. <laughs> I well, I will say when we announced on Twitter that this had won the poll and we would be reviewing this, we did get the Phantom fan following us. Yeah. So now we have go. a Phantom fan fan page following us. So I Shout hope out. they listen. Shout out to the Phantom fan page. Yeah, yeah. So, I would love to see what they say about this. So we have release the, Twitter... the Winter Cut. Yeah, so, so we have the Twitter Twitter account that walks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That was that was a good one. I liked it. We just need Billy Zane to follow us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be big. I mean. I mean, he's no Thomas Ian Nichols, so it might be hard. <laughs> what is Billy Zane up to these days? I feel like he should be doing something. Right. Yeah. I mean, he got like. 90s jacked for this right yeah he was in good shape he was in good shape but he was 90s good shape yeah like he wasn't totally defined right but you could see he had put some work in yeah you know he he's not uh kumail ninjai yeah you know so but at the same time he was like it was a different time though yeah yeah right absolutely man and I, i will say when I first saw when I saw the movie again and I, I watched it today, I really thought the suit was doing all the work. Mm-hmm. But credit where credits due, I, uh, Zane did what he uh, he put the work in, man. Uh, he's got a few projects lined up, one of which he's playing uh, Marlon Brando. Perfect. He kind of looks like Marlon Brando. Yeah, he definitely like, does in, have a Brando look to him. In in the later years, Brando. I mean, he's in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for sure, right? Because Mar- <laughs> Brando really let himself go in his uh, Twilight. Yeah. But I, mean, I think I wonder. Essentially, he's gonna have to do that, I'd imagine, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where where this movie takes place. But according, but uh, to to piggyback on your conversation about the the costume, doing all the work. Uh, first trivia says Billy Zane pumped iron for over a year to fill the Phantom's costume. A Batman-like costume with fake muscles was reportedly made, but by the time filming started, Zane was so beefed up that he did not need it. Good for him. I like that. Well, dedication. Your Zane. <laughs> yeah, that shows someone that he took it seriously. Yeah, sure. And it's also a good. I'm, I'm sure it's a good excuse to just get in better shape. You know, I mean, you're gonna because you're going to be shirtless at one point. Mm-hmm. 
right? You don't want to look like, you know, you don't you don't want to just look yeah. like a schlub. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I believe one of the, the the facts that popped up on you know that little Amazon thing that happens when you watch it on Prime was um, to the effect that he was like a fan of the Phantom, Billy Zane. Uh-huh. So it like makes sense that he would have probably may have been one of the only ones in the Sire movie to take it seriously. <laughs> Maybe. You know, you know, they were like, oh, whatever actor we get for this, we're going to need the muscle suit. They're not really going to, you know, get in shape. Right, for just this. in case. Sure. You know, and then he comes in and like, oh, OK, yeah, I, we're, we're good. I, I, I do like how this movie tries to be Indiana Jones. I mean, it's such a blatant ripoff of yeah. uh, the uh, was it uh, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And but I dig it because it, it knows it's not it's nowhere near as good. But like Treat Williams really hams it up. He really does. He's he's pretty pretty great in this movie. Yeah, he's he a is. good villain. He he's a 30s gangster villain, and yeah. it's it's really cool. So he's probably probably my favorite part of this movie. And then Zane is a close second because again I, he has to be a little bit more subdued, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Which, which is kind of a shame. I would have liked to have seen him really chew the scenery with Williams at times. But listen, sure. you know, you, you get what you get. Yeah, the the best chewing the scenery was between Treat Williams and Shang Tsung. Oh, <laughs> I love that the, that guy. He has such a great voice. It, yeah. it, he just like commands respect in every movie. I'm not even uh, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. That's he, pretty good. That is not bad, right? Uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. I wish he were in more things as well, but he, he's very, he's always an intimidating presence. Like when he was Shang Tsung, he was, he was a good Shang Tsung. So yeah, I I was kind of hoping, I think, is he going to be in Shang-Chi or am I just like being like mildly racist here? I think you're just being mildly racist. Yeah. But I'm coming at it from, I want him to be in it because he's awesome. Not because he's Asian. (laughs) I know they uh, brought him back to do the voice and uh, facial capture for the Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. Yeah. He does the voice. I was very excited about that. Yeah. Cause they, they made it the movie version instead of the video game version. Yeah. It, but he looks good. Yeah. I think he even says it has begun. And I got like a little nerd boner when I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's good. Uh, yeah. So I think it's probably about time when we get into the plot. What do you guys think? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So before we do, we're going to take a minute to take a listen to friend of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history and homebrew. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. All right, welcome back. And uh, this is going to be the plot for The Phantom. Um... We get the greatest amount of fan service by having the fastest exposition origin story in the history of comic book movies, uh, which starts off with a For Those Who Came In Late title card, and then our narrator burns through the origin story in about two minutes. Pirates of the Sang Brotherhood kill a man in front of his son. Son jumps off ship, winds up in Bengala, taken in by a Bengala tribe and given a ring. 
now is destined to avenge his father's death. Boom, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's like the uh, uh, from Ant Man. What's that that character's name? Oh yeah, Lewis. My, uh, yeah, who's just like, all right, there's this guy, there's this kid. He's on a ship, and they're attacked by pirates. So the pirates come on, and they're fighting. The kid doesn't like the kid's looking on. He can't do anything. Then he sees this one pirate stab his dad in the be- in the back, and he jumps ship. He's brought in by a bunch of tribal men. Boom, he's now the Phantom. Yep. There you it's go. It's like Michael Payne. Like if Michael Payne. Michael Payne. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we. I I like how they just kind of they they chuck you right into it. Again, it's a mo- It's back when we expected these comic book movies to be under two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in uh, in nowadays that would have been a forty minute first act. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And explaining how he was brought up as a child, uh, him lost in the jungle for a while having to gain the respect of the tribal men yeah, and you would you would have seen him progress to being billy zane essentially yep uh but instead we jump forward to 1938 and a bunch of idiots are driving through the jungle in a truck and driving fast yep. <laughs> that's what the guy noticed like man you're driving fast through that jungle <laughs> yeah the uh the, the the whole time i'm just like yeah th- this is leading towards them hitting a ditch or something right Right. That's got to be the whole reason they're making him go fast. So we uh, meet James Remar, who's playing Quill, and he's driving the truck, and they're being uh, guided by a, a young boy. And he nearly assaults the boy, <laughs> assaults the child for being insolent, uh, <laughs> but the kid ducks under it and hit, he hits the other guy. Eventually, they come to a rope bridge. Um, the thugs jump out of the co- the truck and they walk across the bridge and they force the kid to drive the truck across it. Eventually he makes it safely across, and but he once he gets there he says that he won't go any further because he's afraid of the ghost who walks. Um, one of the guys suggests to shoot the kid <laughs> at that point, but Cool says no. What was that? Efficient. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the but the. By, by the way, I was going to say the title "The Ghost Who Walks" is act is a pretty sweet title. That is a pretty cool name nickname. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Um, but Quill says that they need him to drive the, the truck back across the bridge, so that would be stupid. Um, they trek deeper into the jungle and into caves, and they find a bunch of skulls and skeletons, and they find a silver skull. One of them gets strangled to death by a skeleton. Never happens has... again throughout the movie, by the nope. way. Yep. Nope. Nope. Just for some reason, a skeleton comes to life, chokes a dude. That's the last time you hear about it. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite and no part one... is that then he starts shooting it with a gun. <laughs> right. But like, so he, Quill tells the other like goons, like a damn thing came alive, strangled Charlie or whoever, or, you know, he st- strangled him. I'm like, Oh, okay. Should we take the other stuff or like, are, are we done here? Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. My first thought would have been, and maybe it's just, you know, time period stuff would have been like, sure. How, you know, how do you we okay? know you didn't, <laughs> Right, we Strangle saw you him. fire three shots. <laughs> and our friend's dead. <laughs> yeah, they, they're just super casual with, uh, like, like, voodoo stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. They... Oh, the old skeleton trick. <laughs> uh, the other guys, they loot the cave, and then they start to hear some tribal drums. And then the phantom arrives with his dog, horse, and his guns. The, the lamest superhero entrance of all time, by the way. <laughs> oh, so stupid. Somebody needs my help. 
You're right. Come, devil. Someone needs our help. And then, like, two seconds later, he, he must have been right next door to the cave where right. this was happening. Because he shows up real quick. Shows up real quick. Because just guns blazing. It's so weird to watch a superhero just shooting guns, isn't it? Yeah. And especially when they're in the jungle. Yeah. Like, like this guy, where does he get the... Where does he get the ordinance from? Like he's he's I, I assume he's been there for quite a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's you know he's buddy buddy with the the general of the uh, the imperialist British army. Oh, that's yeah. That, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, he's he is in cahoots with them. Yeah. So maybe they supply him. Is what probably. you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's probably taking contracts. It's funny though because Batman used a gun in one of his first appearances so it wasn't uncommon for heroes in the 30s i, I think captain america used the gun originally sure. so I, I guess this was par for the course at that time period yeah it just seems so odd and out of place right because these guys are supposed to be so skilled yeah. where they could just like unarm you there's from... something unheroic <laughs> shooting the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it, yeah. that's a uh, Indiana Jones thing, right? right? Where he's kind of like the anti-hero. Yeah. Does he actually ever kill the bad guys, or does he just he's, shoot yeah. their weapons out of their hands? No, he's a terrible shot. He, he is a bad shot he's at shot. times. <laughs> but he he kills a bunch of pirates at the end with the the cross. Oh yeah, the cross that was shooting. So weird looking. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's very so uh, Right. <laughs> the, he he's like closing his eyes. Like, <laughs> anticipating the the blanks yeah um so he grabs a guy by the collar and tosses him into a tree while he's riding his horse and then uh quill and another guy jump back into the truck and flee uh he chases after them on horseback and jumps onto the truck and uh, quill mentions that he this guy can't be alive because he's killed him years ago and then phantom jumps into the truck beats the bolt up but notices a tattoo on quill's arm and then Quill grabs the skull, jumps out of the, the car with the skull, and uh, the truck stops on the bridge, and the Phantom saves the kid uh, who's tied up in the back of the truck um, uh, just as the bridge starts to collapse. And they uh, they swing to safety as the uh, the truck and the bridge fall with an enormous explosion, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, well, yeah. you got to make it big. <laughs> hey, it was, uh, it was lighted gasoline. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I thought was kind of funny was the the child's name is like Zach. Zach, yeah, it's just this, yeah, this like tribal kid. Well, his name is Zach. It's Zachary for a very nice biblical name. Right. What was his other helper? Right. But the other helper had like you know an island name. Yeah. And then this kid is just Zach, yeah. spelled with a K, Z A K. So he's like extreme Zach. Yeah. yeah. Very nineties Zach. Yeah. 90s Zach. Zach attack. Oh yeah. The, the other kid was named Garan. Like that's yeah, that's the name I would expect these right. kind of you know these kids to have. Not I hundred I hundred percent believe that all the correctly named characters were from the Lee Falk comic and the ones with the weird names, you know, were the creation of the writer of this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you I think the only one is like the Sing group. I think mm-hmm. they, if I remember reading correctly, that they were actually from the comic. All of these other people, I don't know, like if, if Xander Drax, again, another super 90s name. My guess would be that uh, 
The only other one that I could say is definitely in it um, is probably Diana. That uh, that would make know. sense. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Wells, her other guy, was, he was in early comic strips. Okay, well, the dude okay. that's yeah. walking, tracing around like a puppy dog. Right, because that's yeah. like Jimmy Olsen, right? Yeah, Jimmy makes Wells. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it's they have some pretty yeah like Zan, again Xander Drax is a 100 percent a 90 Drax. that's a 90s name. <laughs> Such a good villain name. Yeah. Um. So uh, the couple of the thugs wind up in British bitter, British soldier camp as as prisoners and they the jungle warn, patrol. Yeah. Great and they name. Warn, that's a Disney name. Yeah. They warn of the Phantom. Um, and they're just kind of like, yeah, we kind of know about them, but we're just going to pay them no mind. Um, then we cut to the Phantom, a.k.a. Kit Walker, having his wounds tended to while he looks through the book, his books in his vast library. And he finds the skulls of Tuganda, um, which is the MacGuffin of the film. There are there's three of them, one gold, one silver, one jade. When placed together, they are more powerful than any explosion known to man. Um, then he starts talking to his dead dad, who was an absolute dick. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought his father was killed. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Right. So then, who is this guy? He's Who's Longshanks? Dead dad. Okay, so Longshanks is really there. Okay. Patrick McGowan. Yeah, that's that's his dad. So it's the spirit of his father. Yeah. I did not so, get that. So I my, he was my there. yeah, the one thing I was confused about was that. Um, and maybe they they he re-explains it at the end. I think he does that to Diana, but I wasn't really paying attention at the end. But uh, he says it later on he so in the in the flash at the beginning exposition he's like a kid when his dad dies. Yeah. But then when Kit and Diana are in a cab together, the they knew each other in college, and then he disappeared, and his cover was that that his dad had died and he had to take over the family business. Oh, I, I okay. think what they explained... died suddenly. Yeah. Do, you, do we want to wait until that point? Or I think I... Uh, we're talking this. about it now. Is okay. it that he just came of age? No, no, I think... Yeah, I think it's essentially... You know, it was a line of them. that He wasn't like... The kid in the beginning is like the first. And then okay, so kid he is wasn't the, the kid in the first. Beginning. No. Yeah, that's uh, what I got from 21st. it. It is the 21st. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That, okay. That's so what I got was... from it, too. Yeah. The only reason I figured that out um outside of his little explanation is under as he's walking down that crypt at the end to hang the belt on his dad's crypt um they have like the roman numerals gotcha. are on the wall okay i and guess I think I, his dad has xx you know below yeah it. i guess i just kind of conflated that that was his dad but i guess that wouldn't make any sense because there was several it was seemed like hundreds of years earlier yeah so. that's what they say they think he's immortal and then he yeah. reveals at that end thing that no, he's not immortal, which has yeah. been passed down. You know? I get that, but I just thought that kid was him because it seemed like it seemed like it was a, his origin story. That's how also, they presented it. But I guess that's how that's what you're supposed to believe. I guess. Also, I realize I finally realized. You know, Batman has he had Robins, obviously. You know, Dick Grayson and so on and so forth. And everyone always said, like, oh, it's kind of weird that he hangs out with younger guys. And I was just like, no, that's not that's his sidekick, you know. But seeing Billy Zane hang out with younger like Islander kids, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> and I kind of get where people are coming from with Batman now. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out in a cave with your shirt off 
and someone's like treating your wounds and there's a kid there you're like oh all right well I, yeah i think i see what people are saying batman's a little you know he's got that chomo thing going there <laughs> and it, it makes it makes me see batman in a little bit of a different light <laughs> uh so his dead dad uh not happy that the Sing brotherhood has one of the skulls um and that's why he's kind of a dick um yeah then we get a party at the Palmer Mansion, which is actually the Playboy Mansion. Oh, um, didn't know that. Yep. And Diana comes home. Diana Palmer comes home from the Yukon. Who's? I guess she's kind of an Amelia Earhart type. She's kind of an explorer and adventurer. And her uncle, who's throwing the party, is a powerful newspaper man. He runs the World Tribune, I think is the name of the, the newspaper. Um, yeah. And Xander Drax shows up at the party. Uh, which is a name that, I mean, it's pretty great. And yeah. <laughs> As pretty he great says name. in the movie, it's an X at the beginning and an X at the end. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's that reminded me of um, uh, that the uh, the Simpson episode with uh, Armstrong. Second comes after first. <laughs> oh yeah, they got it. <laughs> um, I was trying to see if. Xander Drax existed in any other version, but I, I'm I'm looking now. I'm not seeing I, him I think anywhere. He, I think he was if maybe in a later publication. No, I I think there was. It, I'm trying to remember the thing that popped up on the Amazon thing. Um, I think Xander is a creation of the writer, but uh, but what the writer did from the original thing was he combined two of the villains of it gotcha. you know the sing brotherhood and the sky people you know quills people they were gotcha. like two separate like runs of the comic or whatever type of villains to oh, them. I, I just read that uh in 87 marvel published a four issue miniseries by stan lee so we could have had a stan lee cameo and we missed oh, out on it missed it he could have been the commissioner that would have been awesome. So we got to get he him would, back now. Yeah, he would have been the cab driver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been good. Or he would have been like the security guard at the museum or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man, total total missed opportunity. Yep. Um, um, now I'm just super sad. And Diana's uncle does not like Xander Drax at all. He's yep. a thug, doesn't want him at his party. And Mr. Palmer makes Drax know that he's not welcome at the party in front of the police commissioner and the mayor. Yeah. And uh, uh, Drax mentions that Palmer has sicked his uh, his journalists on him uh, for his involvement with crime families. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, uh, he uh, threatens to buy the newspaper. Yep, that's, <laughs> that's how not rich. Re- that's not relevant to today at all. No, that's how rich Xander Drax is. Yeah. He can just uh, on a whim just buy up the newspaper so they don't they stop investigating him. Yep, there are no parallels. Now, um, now, was anyone else super surprised that the uncle wasn't killed in like the following scene? Mm-hmm. Right, like, like oh, this guy, man, his his time is up. And <laughs> nope he he makes it through the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, man, what a wasted what a yeah. wasted scene. It's one of those things where I wish I read the source material beforehand because I wonder if the uncle's in it, so they couldn't like kill him in the movie if they were planning on doing more than one movie i would think that that he probably is a character in the comics just because it's it's weird that it's her uncle yeah (laughs) yeah 
Right. Yeah, and, and I, also, I would have to say that's yeah. It's like Perry White from Superman, you know, like I, I guess that's how Billy Zane's character, Kit Walker, kind of he is up on the times, so to say. Yeah. So, yeah, I get, and I would imagine that they definitely were going to make a sequel, right? Like, yeah. They they had a got milk campaign for this friggin' movie. I, I think I think if I remember correctly from the trivia that I saw that they were planning a trilogy. Oof, yikes. That would have been painful. And it bombed so bad that they just canceled it. Smart. That's what happens. Just look at the yeah. uh, the dark universe. And that was yeah. the end of Christy Swanson's... Hey, no, she showed up in Big Daddy. Come on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like Christy Swanson. I think she, uh, yeah. you know, she did what a, she could. This isn't a Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Jessica Biel moment. Nope. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so Palmer takes the commish and the mayor into his study to tell him what he knows about... Xander Drax, he's trying to attain supernatural power, and he's checking a lot of weird stuff out of the library, which is which is the thing. Uh, and Palmer was going to go meet with an army general to investigate what Drax was looking for in Bengala, but then Diana says, no, you can't go. You, you're too important to be here. Make Let me go. I'll do it. I love an yeah. adventure, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this scene only probably bothered me a little bit, just... Uh because of working in a newspaper in the past, it's like no editor of a paper would be telling the police commissioner and the mayor his exact findings yeah. on, on, on a criminal. Again, you know. it's the thirties, man. People yeah. are a lot more trusting back then. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that the commissioner is in Drax's pocket. Because all he... cops are bastards. Yep. <laughs> it's a theme. It's a theme. Uh, so the next day or, several days after i don't know i don't know how long it took to charter a flight at that back in the 1930s but anyway seamless it it seems like diana boards pan am flight to bengala which i guess there was one leaving shortly she's followed by a couple of thugs um meanwhile drax has a meeting with a librarian from the city library he wants to be assured about his privacy and then he reads a microscope to stab the librarian in the eyes Uh, Uh, is that something that was done in libraries like yeah, confidentiality is like. The, I, I don't feel like there's librarian customer, customer confidentiality. confidentiality. Yeah. Right, you're not a doctor here. Yeah. I can tell whoever the fuck I want. Right. But I guess but if hey, you're listen. rich, if you're rich doing shady shit in the uh, the occult section, then you're like, I hope that uh, my donations here are met with some uh, discretion. I don't know, man. I hope, that seems I, like a stretch. I, I hope these Ben Franklin keep you know are able to keep you quiet yeah oh, what about mr washington <laughs> or mr washington <laughs> it, it that part it, it just it kind of it piqued my interest i was like i wonder if this was like a rule in the 30s <laughs> like yeah listen man whatever you read that's on you we're we're not here to ask questions yeah yeah but it was a it was a pretty cool um uh, setup for a death you know that he would have been nice to see it, right? Well, <laughs> I meant more so that they, um, you know, the the Microsoft comes into focus, and the last thing he sees is liar. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they cool. let your imagination run run wild yeah, on they, that one. You you could have put a little red in the lens, you know. I mean, it obviously it stabs him through the eye, so yeah. if the last thing he sees is liar. It should have been in red. Come on, yeah. do I have to do all the work for this movie? <laughs> and uh, I treat Williams at his best. I guess you don't need these anymore. And it breaks <laughs> right. the best. Maniacal laughter. 
Diana's flight uh, gets forced down in the ocean and hijackers board it. And they ask specifically for Diana Palmer. And we have this meeting between our two female leads. Uh, and we get a reveal of Catherine Zeta-Jones, as if we knew who she was in, at this point in 1996. And they take her hostage. Then um, the Phantom meets with that general that Diana Palmer was supposed to meet with. And the general tells him about the Pan Am flight and Diana was taken. And uh, the Phantom makes it kind of obvious that he knows Diana Palmer. Um, Zach the Kid then shows Phantom to the boat where uh, Diana's being held. And Phantom climbs aboard... And then we get uh, uh, Christy Swanson's character Diana gets uh, you know placed in a chair, and Catherine Zeta-Jones' character Sala is taking taking charge of her, like you know making sure she doesn't escape. And she steals her boots because <laughs> women be shopping. Yep, just being catty. <laughs> being she's super catty. Right, she's in complete control of the situation, and she just has to like belittle her for uh, whatever reason. Uh, Fifth Avenue. Right. Was, was that, and that's another thing. I don't know if that, like in the in 1938 New York, I don't know if Fifth Avenue was really known for fashion yet, was it? I don't know. I'm assuming they did that little research. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but that's something that I feel like I should look up, but just part of me hopes that it's just, they just know that Fifth Avenue is associated with big time fashion. Yeah. I guess yeah, they didn't have the internet back then, so they had to go to the library, and they're like, I'm not going to go to the library. I can't trust the librarian to keep my secrets. We don't want this spilling to the press. We don't want everyone knowing we're making a phantom movie. <laughs> and they got to really, kill, they gotta kill their pickle. librarian. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's how... Because, you know, movies probably had to do that for the longest time, right? You're doing the research from you know periodicals and whatnot and yeah. like well listen you know if you tell anyone about this we have to <laughs> we kind of have to silence you yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh oh what, what's his name kubrick yeah. <laughs> like if you tell anyone <laughs> that i've been researching space yeah. uh i will murder you well that might have happened because he you know he faked the moon landing and all oh yeah he was in the, the library <laughs> library research at the moon, the moon and those librarians all murdered suspiciously right. They oh, also, hey, Mr. Kubrick, what are you uh, what are you reading there? None of your business <laughs> blows them away. <laughs> oh boy. I, I want I want this to happen now. Yeah. That's how it's happened in my Let's mind. Let's write that movie. Let's write the movie where Stanley Kubrick Mur- is murdering librarians. Fakes the moon landing and kills librarians in the process. Yeah, he he uh ties all the loose ends, <laughs> if, if you will. Uh, Dad, can you read me Goodnight Moon? What did you say? <laughs> Be right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end that's the button of the that's... movie <laughs> just fade to black he just oh. like he pulls a gun out of the toilet tank and his kid gets mad <laughs> be right there sweetheart right. and then but you don't hear the gunshot nope no. you, it, like did he do it did he not do it i mean cut the black you. yep and like two seconds of just black and then fade up directed by stanley kubrick <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know if I'd watch that, that movie. <laughs> Just because it's so bleak. <laughs> Wouldn't watch a movie directed by Stanley Kubrick about Stanley Kubrick killing people because he faked the moon landing. <laughs> Just the amount of people he had to kill to keep their mouth shut. Oh, it's, it's like unprecedented. Oh, that can't... It's, like, it's like RoboCop level body count. That was like, that was like his confession before death. 
was like right. filming. Everybody was like, oh, I can't be real. Right. It's, it's the lo- it's like a, a lost reel or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Like, That's how he was going to end Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it, it like ties nothing into the into the movie. It's just him murdering <laughs> the, the, the crew. <laughs> of the film, uh, the film uh, landing. Uh, Ooh, this took a dark turn, guys. <laughs> for for such a lighthearted movie that we're reviewing, we just really <laughs> took a hard left. And I think yeah. we all kind of like Stanley Kubrick. So I don't... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I respect him. Yeah. I would respect him a lot less if he wound up murdering people. <laughs> what if they were librarians with loose lips, man? Well, I mean, by law. <laughs> for the, from the, by 1938 law yep. <laughs> they, they got what they deserved uh so uh let's see the so she while she's ste- captain zeta jones is stealing christy swanson's boots she uncovers a letter that diana was keeping hidden i don't even remember what it was it was just i think it was from the general that was telling her you know where to meet or something I, about the sang brotherhood maybe yeah it was i think just a symbol of the, of the sang brotherhood and the phantom uh climbs aboard and uh he walks in on a whole bunch of women in the shower then gets shot at and jumps down a laundry chute and he winds up in the same room that Catherine zeta jones is keeping christy swanson and he goes to untie christy swanson pretty nonchalantly as if right. zeta jones wasn't even there it's like oh excuse me <laughs> she has a gun pointed at him and, and, then she, and then he just snatches it right out of her hand which is a pretty sweet move yeah again this movie definitely has some pretty like badass moments yeah. like mark said the uh the ghost that walks awesome nickname yeah. and then yeah just snatching the gun the no look snatch yeah it's like oh shit that was pretty badass also Saks fifth avenue was founded in 1867 so that was definitely a thing <laughs> okay good to know yes uh so dan uh, facts dan facts yeah <laughs> new segment dan facts so where i do some light research he snatches the gun out of uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones's hand, and she's immediately just ready to fucking go. Just sploosh, is basically. An <laughs> yeah. audible sploosh. I was going to say, did this ship take on some water? No, it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. She does not care if it's even in front of Diana. Yeah, she's ready to just mount his bones right there, so she plants a big old kiss on him. And then he's just like... No, thank you. Tie her up. And instead, Christy Swan just, just punches her in the face, knocks her out. Uh, a weird character development for Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, it was weird. Like, she's got a very strange arc in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Like, she's like that typical, like, ice queen bitch, uh, right-hand woman sort of thing. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, Christy Swanson just um, in the cab just guilts her a little bit. Like, why do you have to be so mean? Yeah, it's, and she's right, like, and it's like you're right. I am mine. I am kind of mean. You know what? I never thought about that. Maybe I'm gonna change my outlook on life. And then yeah, she's it's, just, yeah. It's a, it's a strange character. Yeah, Sala or Sala. Sala, I think. Sala. Um, so she gets punched out, and then uh, Quill is on the ship, and he knows the Phantom's there. And he manhandles a woman on the in her underwear and orders her to make sure that nobody leaves the ship. And he runs off, and Phantom and Diana get captured by uh, Quill and his men. But then, to the rescue, Devil the Wolf comes and yeah. attacks Quill. And then Phantom and Diana escape on a plane, and a chase ensues. The thugs go on car and by horse. Um, Devil and Phantom 
<laughs> this is one of the weirdest ones. The devil <laughs> devil finds Phantom's horse, which I don't remember the name of the horse. I think it's just know. horse. Horse. And the de- devil barks at horse, and then they go running into the jungle to make make sure they meet up with Phantom. Yeah, the horse like, nods, right. and it runs off. So they kind of they split between Indiana Jones and Tarzan, really, mm-hmm. where all the animals can communicate with each other, yeah. and it's only to help the Phantom. Yep. And it's only to help Tarzan. <laughs> uh, so they the the horse and the, and the wolf go running. And Phantom and uh, Diana are in a plane, and thugs are chasing after them too. Uh, then uh, they shoot at the the thugs shoot at the plane, and the plane starts losing fuel, so they need to land, which creates a daring escape by uh, Diane, Diana, and the Phantom. They have to jump onto the horse as the plane is going down, uh, which is kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. a cool moment. Yeah. Uh, as as much practicality as you can with stunt people. Um, I think there's, there's def- obviously some some green screen action, which I, for uh, most of this movie, uh, three quarters of this movie, I think like it looks it looks good. I think most of this movie looks yeah. good. There are, are there's some uh, there's some obvious green screens, um, but nothing terrible until the third act. It seemed like they yeah, were running out of money. Yeah. When especially when it came to the skulls. Yeah. And, <laughs> And the phant and the phantom ring. Yeah, it's. It, I was telling a, a buddy of mine at work when they're uh, they're doing the, uh, I, I guess the showdown with the ring and the, the skull. Yeah. I was just just imagine you're the director or you're Billy Zane or Treat Williams and the the director just comes out to you and just says, all right, so Billy, you just kind of hold your arm out for a little while, and Treat just you know hold the skulls out and pretend that something's happening and you're just yeah. like. I I didn't sign up for this. I'm an actor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not holding my arm out for just, all right, keep holding. All right, struggle a little bit. And okay, we're done. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there, besides those, like there are obvious like back moving backdrops when people are in cars or planes and stuff like that. And I think there's the aesthetic of like a, a 40s or a 50s serial where it's, yeah. it, it's not, it's not perfect. It's not flawless, but it's, I think it's going for that. That aesthetic was like, oh, it's totally obviously a backdrop, um, but it it still works to me. Um, yeah, I think the cinematography otherwise is pretty good in this movie. Yeah, they they uh they only really missed one stunt double. It's like a quick scene of when she's on the side of the plane. Yeah, about the jump. You can there's very, weird coverage of that. Yeah you, yeah, you can. There's one flash of like maybe a, a couple frames or so where I'm like, that's not Christy Swanson. Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't they, they do they don't really cover that well um yeah. like in terms of the shooting because like you see him clearly land on the horse and then there's like there's like a half a second missing between one shot of christy swanson like jumping and then like the next shot like the stunt double is like already on the horse yeah. so it's like there's there's a, a move like a piece missing where it's just like all right well I, I guess something fucked up or something like that they didn't get it and they didn't get a great shot of it so it is what it is but um, then, so they jump off the horse and the plane crashes. And once the plane crashes, um, the thugs show up in car and they chase after them again on the horse. Um, and then the, so they're, cha- they're getting chased. Um, the truck crashes into a down log and then the thugs on horseback uh, continue the, the chase. Eventually they wind up in a, uh, in a jungle 
residential area <laughs> of Bengal <laughs> residents, and their Bengal residents come to the rescue of the Phantom and uh, those what he, thugs. What does he call I, them? They have a name. I don't remember. Is it like the Rope Gang or something? Yeah, the Rope Gang, yeah. These are my <laughs> friends, the Rope Gang. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Now, that's a good... I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, because I thought to myself, what did they do to those guys after they <laughs> left? Yeah. Like, they don't turn them into the authorities. I think they eat them. <laughs> I'm sure they gave them to the British people that were uh, oppressing them. In their yeah, own I was going to say, there's, there's no way that... They were going to do that. <laughs> Especially with those rope traps that don't don't even look like they might be ropes attached to a harness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they murdered them brutally and then just feasted on them. Fed them the devil. Right. <laughs> we don't see devil for the rest of the movie. He's too busy eating. But it was just, yeah, they, they're smiling. I, I would have loved to have seen, because you have that shot with uh, Kit, uh, the Phantom and Diana, and they're just kind of like waving at the the rope gang and i just would have liked to have heard in the background oh my god they're killing us <laughs> help yeah that's a, that's a very tarzan moment yeah yeah 100 so then the phantom takes diana back to his skull cave and he brings the general to her so yeah. they they unite and she shows them the symbol and they say that it's from the same brotherhood so I, before we move on i love that his obviously the skull is a big deal to the phantom I love that his entrance to his hideout is very clearly a skull. And right. you're like, the villains go, I have no idea where he is. I don't know where he could be on this island. Right. Well, it's covered, the entrance is covered by a, uh, like a waterfall, which is like, okay, that's cool. That's kind of secret. Yeah. But yeah, then it's just like out in the open. <laughs> it's a yeah. huge clearing of just a skull rock. <laughs> like, oh, well, it's, it, it it's sort of like when you're playing hide and seek with your like your niece or nephew, and they're clearly hiding behind like the the curtain, and you could see their feet. Like, <laughs> hmm, I wonder where Jimmy is. Has anyone seen Jimmy? Well, he's never gonna find me here. Oh my god, this is great. Yeah. So uh, then we go back to New York, and Quill and Sally return the skull to Xander Drax, who's very happy about it. And they tell him that the Phantom was there because he's not happy about the fact that Diana escaped. Um, uh, it, the, the returning of the skull very much reminded me of the the beginning of Double Dragon. Sure. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But uh, yeah. So, but he's not happy about Diana escaping. But Sayla is not happy that the Phantom is in love with Diana. Yeah. <laughs> Again, she's very upset about it. She said he could have had me, but he picked her. That could only be love. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's a tough choice if you're uh, the Phantom. Yeah. Like uh, late '90s, Christy Swanson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah pre Zorro. Right. You can't go wrong. I, I think if it's if we're talking about Mask of Zorro, you got to go Catherine Zeta-Jones. Sure. But yeah, like Christy Swanson was all the rage. Yeah. 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 I looked it up. They are the same age. Wow. The two of them. Interesting. Because I was like, how old is Catherine Zeta-Jones in this movie? How and, old is she? Uh, she was born in 69. Nice. nice. So, yeah, nice. So they were both <laughs> 27, 26, 27. In their prime, dude. In yeah. their prime. Yeah. You, 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 if you're Billy Zane, that's a win-win. Yeah. That's two years away from the Mask of Zorro. And again, he made his own luck there. Yep. Right? He wasn't <laughs> yeah. going to lose. Yeah, Either he got way. The, he got the girl in the end. 
you know. And he could have gotten either of them. He could and have he got gotten the kiss, both. Catherine Zeta-Jones. So right, yeah. I would. I would get, love. He, it's hard to say that he gets the girl in the end, though. He kisses her and then she leaves. But he, I think he even says like, I know she's gonna come back. What if she just ghosted him? <laughs> Maybe we'll never I, know I, now. I think even back. the voiceover sets up the sequel. Like it does, like. And she knew the whole time that she'd be back. <laughs> I, I would like to have seen like an after credit scene where uh, Billy Zane is sitting down with Ghost on like the beach, like just looking. It's been years. Like she'll be back. Oh yes, <laughs> she'll be back. <laughs> so we, oh, we turned yeah. this into a dark movie. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of uh, like it. And yeah. another sign, if I remember from the trivia right, of that whole where Ant was saying that these movies needed to be two hours back then. Um, was that they cut out a lot of Diana Kit scenes because he wanted the movie to be a faster pace. Sure. So, yeah. you know, Marvel, there would have been an entire act to get dedicated to them two falling in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Diana saying that people think she's a monster because she can't have children. Just like yeah. uh, <laughs> Black Widow. Man, such a fall from grace. <laughs> <laughs> right? He, uh, he essentially kickstarts the, the the huge franchise and then just immediately drives it into the ground. <laughs> Does his best to just bash it over the head. Uh, so uh, they tell about the Phantom and Drax says, he's not concerned with the Phantom. He's, all, he's on the other side of the world. What does he give a shit? He's in New York. And then at that moment, Kit Walker shows up at the Daily Tribune and he pays his cab driver in gems cab driver named al and al's like looking at him like this crazy asshole uh, <laughs> what, what movie is he from i mean he was pretty big he was a big like character actor wasn't he i've seen him before where's al where's al john cap i don't i'm not even gonna is he still alive he's still alive yeah john capodice it's got a, it's like more italian sounding i'm sure right capodice yeah. yeah. Oh, he was he was in Ace Ventura. He's exactly. the uh, the detective, Sergeant Aguado. Uh, yeah, Aguado. Yeah. Who hates him for some reason? <laughs> Still working. 19L Coyote in Los Angeles. Good for him. He's a pretty uh, wild looking guy now. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of let himself go, but he's also like 80. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, he's also in Speed and Independence Day. He's yep. in all the hits. Right, yeah, he was big in the '90s, man. Yeah. Independent. I don't remember who he was in Independence Day. Mario? Uh-huh. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't but, know. but but he was very forgettable in this movie. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. Plays a big part though. Yeah. Um, sort of. Uh, so Drax is having a board meeting as a super mil- as super villains do with a uh, a projection uh, presentation, and this is what. Uh, Treat Williams is great in this scene. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's great amazing. in this movie. He's just really good at this. Yeah. Uh, just talking down to the mob guys, too. Um, yeah. One of the mob guys isn't into Drax's plan because yeah. it's all a little too weird for him. I wonder if the in, if it's the improv. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is the first one to do it. When he ends it, she starts clapping. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's very Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah. Because the, the, what's the, the guy doesn't want to be a part of it. And like in the in Batman eighty nine, he's like, oh well, Tony, no one wants a war. If you want to leave, we'll let you go, kind of thing. So he says essentially the same thing. He's like, yeah, well, yeah, all right. Well, if you don't want in, I mean, you know, I can't stop you. But and then he immediately stops him in a yeah. very deadly way. Yep. With <laughs> a javelin. Speed. 
Yeah, I had Javelin. But uh, the mom guys, uh, he was just like, this is all weird hocus pocus shit. I was an altar boy. This isn't for me. The only power I believe in is the power of the gun. Which really contradicts him being an altar boy. (laughs) I was going to say, there's only one power I believe in, the power of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Right. That should have been the logical next line. Um, And then, uh, so he gets killed, that which puts Richie April from uh, Sopranos as the lead of the the mob family, um, who's more than happy to, to take it. Mark, you gonna say yeah. something? Yeah, I was gonna say he's like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Okay. Yeah. So then in the newspaper, uh, Diana shows up and she's reunited with Kit, who happens to be college friends, and she's uh, got Jimmy Wells in tow, um, following her around like a puppy dog. Uh, I would have liked to think that Jimmy Wells would have been the villain in the sequel. <laughs> who who would have been the, the the villain? Jimmy Wells. Jimmy Wells. Just oh. filled with, just filled with the uh, jealous rage. He's harmless. That's that's the best part. He's an incel. He, I was gonna say he's an incel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jimmy mentioned. Uh, so they talk about the uh, Xander's plan, and then uh, they mention about the skulls, and then Jimmy just kind of out of nowhere is like, "Oh, I've seen that skull before. Oh, it's, it's different though. It's green." And he says that. Yeah, I've seen it over at the Museum of World History. So then, smash cut, take a cab. Al's still outside, and he's just like, yo, those gems are, like, basically put my kids through college, more or less. He's like, so uh, I'm basically yours for the day. (laughs) Just for the day. This is going to put my kid through college. Just for the day, though. Uh, He doesn't say put his kids through college, but, like, he he realizes that that those gems are worth quite a fortune. Yeah. Um, Well... Now, one thing I wanted to bring up before, because it ties into the uh, the museum scene, when Kit is reading about the skulls and it's saying that it's more powerful than any man-made like power. Yeah. Uh, that had to have been written pre like wartime, so there was no like ultimate power. You right. know what I mean? Like there were no there was no nuke. So I I, I think that's what they were trying to convey. Yeah. Like oh my, this is the most powerful force than that a man's ever seen so like maybe dynamite like it's more powerful than dynamite because that's really all you had yeah so you didn't have anything super you didn't have weapons of mass destruction yeah you just had like chemical warfare at that point right i guess world war one right like yeah. the mustard gas mustard so like, all right, it's more powerful than mustard gas okay well i guess yeah. that's pretty shitty yeah but, i just i just love in this scene where he's like oh that's cool it's a completely different time period they got it all wrong they have no idea where that skull's from. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. that's why but they did. That's why no one knew where it was because it, it was in the wrong display. That's right. Yeah. So now, oh, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, and then she goes, "Well, my uncle, he knows somebody on the board here." As he's picking up one of the things uh, to throw through and break the glass, I just love that saying, "Oh, you know, oh, or we could break the glass." <laughs> we'll do it your way, kid. <laughs> Always doing it your way. But so now. In this scene, uh, uh, Drax kind of, you know, steals the the skull from Kit and Diana. Yeah. So when he combines them, it points out the, the location of the last one. Now On a map that just so happens to be there. Exactly. <laughs> Why would the skulls know that? It, it makes no 
sense. <laughs> right? What if, what if the map wasn't there? What is it going to point at? <laughs> maybe that map was perfectly set up to be aligned with where. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't really buy into that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what if, you know, oh, the map was damaged. We had to take it down. It's just pointing at the wall now. It's pointing at something. It's got to be somewhere. <laughs> maybe it's behind that wall. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, to the other room. Well, they just wanted to show off the great skull tech in this right. scene. Well, I think it was just another homage to uh, Raiders. Because right, right they, yeah. he holds up the spear and the sun points out the, which makes more sense because it was built specifically for that tool. This was just it happened to be in the, and that's the funny. It, it was placed in the wrong time period. Right. So why would it know to do that? It these skulls have a mind of their own, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's uh, ma- jungle magic. Jungle magic. That's <laughs> I guess that's the only way to describe any of this movie. Yeah. So uh, they points it on the map, and they uh, they decide that that's where they gotta go. So they take Diana, uh, Drax, I mean, and they Diana and Kit Kit back to Drax's place. Al follows because he sees Kit Walker get into the car, and he's like, "I'm gonna follow this guy." Um, yep. So they bring him back to I guess it's I guess it's the Empire State Building. This is where Drax has his place. Um, they rough up Kit a bit, and they are going to take him to the observation deck. And yeah. uh, Kit manages, as they're walking up to the observation deck, that uh, he beats up Drax's men with that classic donkey kick of his. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I noticed the action. Like Kit never gets punched in the face. It's always like a, a shot to the gut. Yeah. Well, right. You've got to protect the moneymaker. That's what I'm, right, yeah. That's it, probably in his, his contract. I was going to say, I think it was like gentleman kind of thing. Like, listen, you never punch a guy in the face, all right? That's, you never punch him in the kiss. You always punch him in the gut, all right? You never mess with a guy's face. It was just the 30s, man. Right. It was it, like some decency. Exactly. You know? Yeah, people had a code, goddammit, yeah. all right? Guys, guys can't be walking into work with, like, black eyes. Right. You know, that was only for women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't work in 1930. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Well, well taken. But yeah, you, you didn't punch a guy in the face and you murdered your library. That's what you <laughs> that's did. That's right. Uh, that would explain the 40s then. The good old days. <laughs> well, that, that's why there's... A, it's really not the internet that's taken over the library. It's just there's a lack of librarians. Right. That, that, that lineage has been just wiped off the face of the earth, yeah. really. No one could keep their mouth shut. <laughs> So uh, Kit changes the phantom uh, costume and goes skulking around in the elevator shaft. Um, Drax checks the map and says the third skull is in the Devil's Vortex, which is like a Bermuda Triangle type place. Um, they're going to take Diana with them as phantom insurance. Um, and they go <laughs> they go rushing out of the building and uh, into cars. Uh, phantom is... Uh, trying to get out of the elevator shaft he almost gets hit by an elevator manages to get out again eventually um he jumps into al's cab but then a cop tries to arrest him so then he jumps out of al's cab and starts to car surf on the roofs of cars and eventually steals a police horse and a chase ensues and he winds up uh in the zoo i love love that this part is that showing that even in the late 1930s new york was still new york 
It's like, oh man, there's a guy in a purple suit running around. Ah, I just ignore him. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Now that's New York. New York. <laughs> Prime New York. Only in New York. <laughs> well, let's go get some gabagool. <laughs> Capiche? <laughs> I'm off the clock. Hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and other New York uh, stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. I'm walking here. There, there we go. <laughs> we got to it eventually. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they hide in a tight. He hides in a tiger cage, and that allows him to escape because the cops are afraid of the tiger. And then Al shows up, and he's like, "Hop in!" So they hop in and drives away. And then while on the way to the docks, Kit has a conversation with his imaginary dad. The back of Al's cab starts talking about uh, what's his name, uh, Quill, and how he has the same belt that his dad had. But dad basically says that killed Quill killed him and took his belt from him. And then uh, still bitching about how he's he's letting these guys get the, all the skulls, more or less. And then uh, Drax and his friends board a plane, and the Phantom jumps into the water and. Uh, stows away on one of the pontoons and they fly to an island because uh, everybody knows how to fly a plane in this movie um, and apparently right. that apparently that uh that plane is enough gas to get from new york city to wherever that island is located yeah did did, did you comment that he so he hangs on the whole way yep and like overnight and yep. he has enough enough strength to do so <laughs> and and like fight the the very like the next day yeah, I, I don't know how fast planes went in the 30s, but I can't imagine it was easy to just hold on all night. <laughs> yeah, we I can't think the closest they come to showing that is that his eyes are bloodshot. Right. Oh, my eyes are so dry from all that wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the uh, the Ben Stein? Clear uh, commercial eyes. clear eyes, right? Yeah. Oh, that would have been a perfect clear eyes. Hanging <laughs> on to an airplane all day, trying to save your Dane. Clear eyes will help. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. But yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. So they fly to an island and they take some safety ra- safety rafts through some caves and they which, show up, which is uh, totally not the island of Bengala at all. It's completely not the same shooting location. <laughs> it's just the other side of ben- Bengala. You're talking about the Paramount Studios backlot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually think they were, they sh- I think they shot some stuff in Australia, if I remember correctly. Or oh no, the, the movie was set in Thailand. Yeah, they might have shot some stuff there. It's not that far. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Um, just thinking... Hold on. Oh, yeah, because filming locations, filming locations. I think there was definitely some on location shooting. They did shoot in Thailand. Okay. Um, and they also shot in Queensland, Australia. Yeah, because a lot well of as... that, the beach scenes and stuff is you can't really fake that. Yeah. Yeah. Thailand and and Australia, and obviously LA. Um. So then the Sang Brotherhood shows up and they take the group of thugs to. Kabai Sang, leader of the Sang Brotherhood, which is played by uh, Sang Song. Uh, Sang Sang Song. Sang Song. Shang Song. Shang Song. Shang Song. Yeah. Yep. There, there we go. go. And Drax tries to bargain with Sang. Sang isn't having any of it. Uh, he's like, he doesn't. You don't even have the fourth skull. 
so you can't use these skulls because that one powers the other skulls. Yeah, I would love to have seen the other takes of Treat Williams in this scene. <laughs> well, he's doing that. You know, the whole pontificating and, yeah. you know. He's good. Uh, yeah. So Sang threatens the group and Drax says that people will come looking for them. And then Richie Aprils again, like, ah, no one's coming for us, but I got this. I got my gun. You let me go or I'm going to shoot you. You're going to sleep with the fishes. Which <laughs> sleep is... with the yeah. fishes, yeah. <laughs> and there actually happened to be fishes in that yeah. little moat there. Yeah. So and, and instead of being scared, uh, Sang says a little thing to his right-hand man. And then uh, Richie Aprils gets shot by a cannon. He gets <laughs> tossed. That was that was a that was a pretty uh that was a power move right there. Yep. <laughs> Shooting someone with a cannon, point yeah. blank. Yeah. yeah, go go, and it's gonna take a while for this cannon to shoot. So you right. know, I'm, stay there. <laughs> and just stay there. I'm trusting that you won't shoot me. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's one that's of those. A, like, that's a baller move. That's one of those things where you're like, uh, move to the left a little bit, back one, stay right there. Oh, okay. In the meantime, you're gonna sleep with the just blown away. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty baller. Yeah. So then Quill tries to appeal to Sang, shows him the tattoo, and says he's killed the Phantom before. And Sang's like, well, yeah, so have I. Uh, <laughs> and then Drax offers Sang Diana, which is a, a pretty good line from uh, Treat Williams in this when He's like, oh, she, he's got good taste. And he's like, oh, yeah. What's <laughs> up, like... Uh, uh, he just offers to give to her because it, her to him because he she's the the girlfriend of the Phantom. So it was like, yeah. oh well, he's a bargaining chip. But then he was just like, oh, the Phantom has good taste. So he's like, oh yeah, personal uh, pleasure. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, man. Um, you know, threats of rape, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nineteen thirty-eight. So yeah, then the multiples of that in this movie. Yeah. Then the Phantom shows up, and we get some swashbuckling and some gunfighting. This is where the Phantom yeah. shoots cross across his body for some reason. I, I would say I would put gunfighting in quotations. It's really yeah. just like carefully, like uh, this. I, I don't feel comfortable doing this. <laughs> and then Sela decides to become good for some yeah. reason. Yeah, I don't. She, I guess she sees the writing on the wall. Yeah. Her her turn comes when. The one guy gets uh, really nasty with... Uh, Lecherous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Christy Swanson. And then she knees him in the in the balls. Yeah. And she's like, us girls got to stick, stick together. together. Yeah, I don't know if I would trust her. <laughs> she wants her man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe she, maybe maybe there's something going on. Maybe Sayla's more into Christy Swanson. Yeah. It's possible, right? Because Catherine Zeta-Jones, in every movie she's in, definitely gives that vibe off like she'll just she'll do whatever man Listen. she'll she'll fuck anything yeah she's i mean she's fucking michael douglas for 25 years <laughs> right right it's just like she'll fuck point, anything and giving him point, cancer yeah <laughs> cancer hey it's worth it dude <laughs> he's not complaining right. i wouldn't this is the biggest. I'm totally not gay, you guys. <laughs> I'm guys, so not gay. I got throat cancer and some oral sex. <laughs> going down on gay. my super hot wife. How would I have gotten throat cancer? Answer me that, <laughs> Einstein. Oh, you got us there, dude. God, hard flex. <laughs> I'm so good at going down on my wife. I got throat cancer. <laughs> hey, listen, man. 
uh, legendary status. Yeah. Right. Just uh, just gargle on that HPV. Uh, <laughs> gross. Oh, this has been an episode. <laughs> this that's what we should write on the. Uh, that'll be the uh, the headline. This this was an this, episode. Was an episode. <laughs> Things were uh, said. Uh, so. Uh, where are we? Uh, so Sang tries. <laughs> where am I? Sang tries to feed Phantom to the sharks, but at the last second, Phantom jumps out of the way, and Sang gets fed to the sharks. Yeah. What a terrible death. Yeah. yeah. He he deserves so much better. Because yeah. uh, he 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 could have been a cooler character. By the way, the pirates looked fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like they look like cartoon pirates. Now. They're How wearing they? like the the long, you know, like the striped pants. Yeah. And the like the the tri-build hats and stuff. I was like, yeah. you look like a moron. You don't look intimidating at all. I wonder how I wonder how they keep this this saying brotherhood thriving because there's, there's no, no women. women. <laughs> but somehow they brotherhood. Somehow they have like a boiler room there. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they getting these things? Yeah. What do they do? They go to the mainland and just I go shopping. I think they're like stealing the ships that come in. That's why yeah. it's like the Devil's Triangle. Yeah, they insinuate when they find the submarine. I think Sawa goes torpedoes. Well, that explains the missing boats. <laughs> Something like that. That's that's how that's just how they wrap it up. Right. Yeah, that's uh, how we, we need that's a reason a, why this is happening. Yeah. Torpedoes. Somehow pirates have torpedoes. <laughs> Um, so the Phantom, Diana, and Sala plan their escape. They find a sub, but the Phantom puts Sala and Diana in. He's like, I'm going to be right behind you. And then as he's setting up the, the sub to uh, escape, uh, Quill and Drax find the Phantom and manage to take the gold skull from him. And then Drax uh, gets the skulls united, and he takes control of them. And while Quill and uh, the Phantom are and- fighting, the Phantom takes the belt back. And Drax accidentally vaporizes Quill. Uh, then the four, then uh, Phantom and Quill are having kind of uh, not Quill. Uh, Drax are having their uh, their final discussion about power and everything like that. And the Phantom's like, "Well, the thing is, I have the fourth. I have the fourth skull. I've had it the whole time for protection. And it turns out his ring is the fourth skull. So then they shoot lasers at each other. Yeah, it's it's never." explain why his ring can do that it just does it jungle just magic does. jungle magic um and it looks terrible um yeah. i'm with this movie up until this point more or less and yeah. these two like not as, not as good as the schwartz yeah it's like they it's like they ran they ran out of time it's like oh fuck we got we need somebody that could do this in like three days right Again, it's it's. I just picture them, uh, Billy Zane and Treat Williams, just being told, "All right, now just pretend to struggle a little bit, like go back and forth." And they, they but at do that the whole, point, like, at that point, I could I could think that they thought it was going to be a lot cooler than what wound up. Well, they they didn't know what cool was. Yeah. Right. Like a In pixel terms... pixel thin line going right. from uh, shooting from the the ring. Right, it was essentially uh, what's the uh, like the color palette on the the original Windows. It was just yeah. like the uh, paint. paint. It was just a, like <laughs> someone just drew a blue line and a green line. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it looks so bad. It really does. And so like there's some pushing back and forth with the la- the two laser beams. Eventually, the Phantom gains the upper hand and uh, Drax blows up. Just. <laughs> just, uh, but just in a great way. 
He goes, what, what does he say? Unbelievable. <laughs> incinerates. Yeah, completely incinerates himself. He, he, he does the Michael Jackson. Uh, oh, like, yeah, the lean forward. What, what is that from? A smooth criminal lean? Yeah. And yep. he's leaning forward, and it's like, oh man, this is this dude is so over the top. He can actually <laughs> defy gravity. gravity. Yep. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more of his character if they were going to do a sequel. Sir. He would have been a great villain to bring back. Um. So as Drax blows up, he starts to blow up uh, everything around him, and the sub that. Sala and Diana are escaping on has like a towing chain around which uh, the Phantom manages to grab before it leaves and is able to hitch a ride with them back. That also looked pretty safe. bad. Yeah. Um, so they watch as the volcanic island uh, erupts from the explosions. Pretty bad. And then we get an epilogue. Um, the Phantom brings back Di- brings Diana back to his cave and tells her about all about the Phantoms and the past Phantoms and his father, and that he's the new Phantom. So they're mortal, but it's just um, I guess passed down from generation to generation. Um, yeah. So he ushers her to Sela, who has a a boat uh, a plane that's going. She's going to take them back to civilization. Diana goes take off asks the phantom to take off his mask she wants to see his face because she basically she knows it's kit yeah and yeah yeah he plays the coy well i guess i can't do that and she goes well just do it kit (laughs) come on we're running out of time here kit so he says that uh, he can only reveal his secrets to the woman he intends to marry and then takes off his mask and technically implies sala can see him as well so that's true true too maybe maybe that's his plan b right worse he's just just playing all the playing he's just all the keeping angles each, he's gonna play all the angles keeping his toe in both in both ponds like <laughs> just in case this doesn't work out i'm gonna get cancer from Catherine zeta jones <laughs> again creating his own luck <laughs> real man makes his own luck man right yeah. yeah he's not leaving anything to chance he's got a lineage to to yeah. carry on man some he's gonna have to eventually he'll have to retire from the phantom think, think of it this way if someone banged Emperor Palpatine, someone's going to bang the Phantom. All right? Oh, yeah. Especially mid-90s Kit yeah. Walker. He's yeah. got that luxurious Zane. hair. Yeah. He's 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 built. I mean, yeah, he wears the purple suit, which is kind of, you could go either way there. But tropical location. He's got that manly deep voice. Right. He's very debonair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of, he hangs out with kids. <laughs> a little bit of a red flag. That's right. He hangs Summer. out with kids in Titanic, too. He saves that little girl's life. <laughs> Talks to dead people. Yep. You know, that. so the, the cons are kind of outweighing the pros here a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. But he, he's good with animals, so that's uh-huh. a pro, right? Knows how to ride uh, a horse. Knows how to ride. He has gems. He's got gems. Pockets, pockets full of gems. We don't know how he obtained those gems. But oh, those are s- blood gems. He, right, that's what I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... I, no but, doubt about it. So, but we don't know for sure, but they are. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if, if I'm Diana, I I stay in New York, man. Let oh, yeah. let Sala have him. Like, mm. He's all yours, honey. I'll take my Fifth Avenue Saks boots and I'm I'm going back Jimmy to Wells. New York. Yeah, at least that guy has a a job. Yeah, and he's he's gets fancy suits too. That's true. It's great. Yeah. This is this is the way. 
<laughs> this is the way to go, Diana. Yeah. And, and I love how I was just thinking about this when you were um, mentioning uh, about her staying because of the uh, Fifth Avenue stuff. I, I liked how they show nothing but that they were, you know, island people and jungle people and all that. But somehow they have paper currency. If you remember all the way back to the, the, right. the Tazem in Bengalian dollars or whatever. Well, I mean, I guess they I mean, that's not outside of the realm of possibility, I'd imagine. Right. I'm sure uh, they have I some mean, sort of currency. Is, I think the the, the anti-imperialist uh, message of this is that, you know, British British the, the British army has control over Bengal. Um, OK, yeah. but they deal in precious stones yeah. right? the Bengal. Well, I mean, he does have his like jungle um, life. So, but like, I, I'm sure that there is an economy in Bengal that is oh, run God. by the British colonizers. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. that's probably 100% what it is. Yeah, and colonist. And that's a, that's what the British did, man. Just took over. Just read any Rudyard Kipling uh, poem. <laughs> right. They impose <laughs> their will. Iron yeah. fist, man. Yeah. And that's that's the Phantom. Uh, I think it gets a worse rap than it 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 deserves. Uh, it is a bygone era of comic book movies it's that a, don't take themselves too seriously. It's yeah. no shadow. Right. I I, I definitely or think spirit. Looking at it in a scope now, like I, I guess maybe looking at it in a vacuum, it's much better than for what it was mm-hmm. in that time period. But yeah, I mean you're looking at it. We we've had you know Infinity War, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Iron Man, and those are like the Dark Knight, like legit movies. And then you, Thor you the have Dark World. The, Thor the Dark World, <laughs> which I will I will say th- I enjoyed the Phantom way more than Thor the Dark World. There Put you out go. on a limb there, Dan. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about Justice League? Oh, Phantom. Phantom 100. percent I probably I would probably pick Phantom over most DC movies. All right. Because the they're campy when they're trying to be serious. <laughs> this is just campy, and it wants to be campy. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how would you make this better? Uh, good question, man. Uh, I I think I would have a little bit more of a backstory for yeah. the Phantom. Yep. Because uh, again, some people like you didn't know, Ant that the kid on the boat wasn't kit mm-hmm. so it would have been cool to be like yeah you know that that kid was the the first phantom and then you know it was brought down the line so on and so forth and it w- i think it would have been cool to see uh james remar kill kit's father sure and then because then you ha- you have that uh, uh that rivalry set up where whereas it's just implied in the beginning so you're like all right well that would have been interesting to see. Maybe they meet up one time and, you know, obviously he kills the father. And then when that way he sees him again, it's like, holy shit, I killed you. And, you know, I'm the ghost that the ghost that walks or whatever. Um, uh, I, I don't other than that, maybe a little bit more of Treat Williams in there. Uh, I, I don't know if I would have relied so heavily on the three skulls being super mm-hmm. powerful. I would have left it a little bit more ambiguous. Like you don't yeah. know what they do, and maybe it turns out it's just you know it's just jungle folklore, and they do nothing. And this guy is just power hungry. And I, I also probably would have gotten rid of uh, the Phantom's fourth skull 
because that just comes out of nowhere. It comes out of left field. And or if you're going to do it, explain it more like maybe Kit's father is sitting him down. And he's telling him, like, you know, Kit, this spring carries great power with it. And one day I'm going to tell you what that power is. Does it, does it have great responsibility as well? It has just a little bit of responsibility, <laughs> not a, not a ton, because, again, you're in the jungle and there's, you know, not a huge population. So you can kind of wield it willy nilly and do whatever you want. Uh, no, it's, I, I think it would have been cool. That, like he's teaching him the, the, the lore of the, the phantom and the powers that exist in the jungle or exist from being the phantom instead of just Billy Zane having a throwaway line. Oh, you know, I've had it this whole time, and I never knew what it meant, but I knew, I know now. And it's like, all right, well, that just sounds like it was thrown in at the last minute. Uh, I probably also would have had Catherine Zeta-Jones and Christy Swanson make out like once. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't have to be gratuitous, right? Just so you know, tasteful. You know, just sure. like like you, you stole my man, and now I'm jealous, and then they just well, don't be, and then they they go at it a little bit, and <laughs> <laughs> and and. <laughs> And Billy Zane and Treat Williams stop their fighting and they, they look on and just like shocked awe. It's like, oh wow, this is this is beautiful. And then they go back <laughs> to fighting. Like okay. they, they're they're fighting with their lasers and then they see that and the lasers stop for like a brief <laughs> moment. <laughs> and then they, they go back to it. <laughs> and that's how <laughs> And that's how I'll make it better. And that's how <laughs> I think we broke make it better. I think you broke Gant. I broke myself. That's how I make it better, guys. Uh, Mark? Essentially, most of the first half of what Dan said (laughs) (laughs) um, is everything that I would do, too. More backstory, more Treat Williams. I think the only thing I don't think you mentioned that I might have added, maybe it goes into backstory a little bit, I would have shown how the Sang Brotherhood was connected to 1930s, like, America. You know, because uh, essentially you only find them inside of an unmarked cave in, yeah. a, in the Bermuda Triangle, like, how does Quill have the tattoo? How did, you know, wh- how does their their symbol get to the library in New York, you know? Yeah, like, that would have been yeah, cool that to see. Stuff. Um, just to give them a little bit more. Maybe that would have came out in the sequels. Maybe they would have explored that more. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's about the only thing is that uh, maybe we're just so much used to Marvel and stuff right. like that nowadays that we just want that story. And, you know, maybe it's one of those where, like, comic book nerd guy or whatever from The Simpsons would tell us to just read. Right. Read The Phantom. You get all the backstory you want there. You don't need it in a movie. Um, so, yeah, essentially, yeah, that's about it. Because all the all the action and the campiness and all I would keep um, that's in there, you know, I would just like to... Have it be maybe like a half hour longer. Well, I think that's you know, a good idea too. With, yeah, with a little more story in it. Yeah, yeah, give maybe, a little backstory. Maybe add in the moments where you see, you know, um, Kit and Diana, you know, fall in love. You want this to be a two-hour and twenty-minute movie? You guys are nuts. <laughs> Jesus. I, I I would have made it two hours, just a clean two hours. Yeah. No. I I I really don't know what I would do. To make this movie, like more Shang Tsung. Right, I, I I agree. I think if you go into the pirates backstory a little bit, uh, it would have been cooler because Shang Tsung is he was criminally underused. Yeah, I, I think, I'm sorry that we keep calling him Shang Tsung. Yeah, but it's a lot easier. Uh, yeah. I I think maybe if you connect him with um with Xander Drax in like 
kind of have the Drax working for him or, you know, vice versa or whatever, just so you could have more Shang Tsung in it. Yeah. I think that'd be better. Um, right, like I he's, wouldn't. He's pulling the strings. Yeah. I wouldn't add time to this movie. No. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say uh, a movie under two hours is, is a treat. I think there's a golden ratio of movies and that, that, that perfect time is an hour and 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> that's it. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you, I thought you said two hours and twenty minutes. Nope. Perfect. Yep, that's nope. what I heard. <laughs> Perfect. No. The <laughs> amount of time that this podcast has gone over is the perfect amount of time for. <laughs> what are we at? Uh, I mean, we're. I'm gonna take some stuff out because uh, okay. there was a there was a uh, rest period, but we're closing in on two hours. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So it flew by. Yeah. So guys. With that in mind, plug your shit. And make it sure. quick. I'm going to say I'll make it quick. Uh, my personal Twitter, daquino122. Follow me on there for some awesome stuff. Uh, Stranger Damies also on Twitter, at Stranger Damies. And on Instagram, at Stranger Damies. Message us. Uh, let us know what if you like it, if you don't like it. And, uh, you know, we want to reach out to you, too. We want to talk to you. So we're always available. Yep. So Stranger Damies, uh, new episodes air every Wednesday. Um, we just put one up, um, you know, this week. That is the end of our uh, last session. We just did a session this Saturday, and those next four episodes will be coming up. We're getting close to 100, so I'm trying to time things up in the story, but I think you guys might, um, you know, either we'd have to make one episode really long or something just to time it up to make 100 really special story-wise, but um, either way. Okay, uh, this is They Called Smoothie. You can find us at theycalledsmoothie.podbean.com on all podcast streaming apps at They Called Smoothie. We're themaindamie.com, and you could find us at themaindamie.com on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at themaindamie. Uh, we are part of Geek Vibes Nation. They, you can find them at gbnation.com and on all podcast streaming apps at Geek Vibes Nation. Just look for them. They'll pop right up. That's their um social handle as well geek vibes nation they're on instagram and twitter they got a whole bunch of other shows that we have no part of some that we do that uh you might like so just go on there we're there a bunch of other great people are there and that's that's how you're going to get into contact with us if you have any questions or comments you can be feel free to shoot us an email at the main at gmail.com i am at ant delvec on twitter find me there and that's going to wrap it up for today uh, the director of The Phantom is uh, director Simon Winsor. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Simon Winsor to go fuck himself. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.